you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. I got to say, like, I told you earlier when we were walking out, like when I told you I wanted to do a podcast today, like I didn't have, I mean, you couldn't have planned what actually ended up happening today, you know? No. <laughs> but, no. So, um, uh, for, I never do good at getting into these the right way. So, Keith Polk is with me today, and if y'all have watched the Truth episodes or, um, yeah, the last Turkey DVD had Caleb's hunt on it, um, Keith is... Uh, Caleb and Colin Polk's father who y'all saw in both of those hunts that Colin's aired this year it actually aired just a few weeks ago on Outdoor Channel and I know Keith the way me and Keith know each other is Keith yelped me up my first turkey I was I, I was 12 years old yeah I think so yeah I was 12 and that was back in now I'm not gonna do the math but yeah I was 12 and um I've always you know looked up to you or asked you turkey advice don't make that face because <laughs> you i mean you taught me a lot when i was younger and stuff and um i know i mean there's always we we get so many questions sent in to the primos pages uh be it just the email social page or the facebook page or our instagram whatever and there's always just tips and stuff like that and I was like, there's no one better to cover it. Even some public land stuff. I wanted to talk to you about that too, because I know you do some public land hunting and all that kind of stuff. But so quick story. I call, I text Keith this morning. I say, Hey, what are your plans this afternoon? We were going to get together and do this podcast. And he said, Hey, you know, I can't remember how it all happened, but you were like, why don't you just meet and we're going to make a quick hunt. Absolutely. And I try to make, I try to make it a point to go hunting with Keith at least once, one time a season. It's hard to do because we stay so busy on the road and stuff. You know that, but um, it worked out rather well because it gives us a, <laughs> it gives us a topic to talk about right Indeed. off. Because we killed a turkey this afternoon, man. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you were as excited as I was. I was pretty. <laughs> I've wanted to shoot just me and you. I've wanted us to shoot a bird together for a while, and it just hadn't happened. But uh, what I tell you when we got out of the truck? You said, we probably have a pretty good opportunity at killing a turkey this afternoon. Yeah, yeah we're finna kill a turkey. And I don't I don't always say that. I'm not one of these eternal optimists all the time. <laughs> but the conditions couldn't be worse. No. it's. I mean, yeah. front's blowing in and, and temperature's actually falling. Yeah. Uh, we started the hunt somewhere around probably 3.30 or 4 o'clock. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so... The sun hadn't shown itself all day, so it's just not ideal no. turkey hunting conditions. And uh, it, it, you know, and I could, when you said we might kill a turkey this afternoon, I have to admit I was not very optimistic because I know I, I was texting you some earlier in this season singing the blues. Yeah. Because I just, I, I had a very, very just slow start. It, it turned comical, my luck did, you know, like. I, I won't even go into all that, but like I, I just for for one example, like so we we were in South Alabama not that long ago. Me and Troy we were hunting with uh, our friends Matt Brunson and Kevin Matthews. And the first afternoon we go out to a spot. Troy crows, turkey gobbles. We sit down, ends up being two turkeys. Kevin and Troy double boom boom, 
first afternoon. And then they're like, Lake, you you know, I had an Alabama license. He's like, your turn. I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah. We didn't hear a turkey the rest of the week. But that that had been my luck so far this season. And so I was like, eh, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're optimistic, but I'm not. But yeah. um, Well, the, the optimism came from the, the property. And it's it's yeah. it's a good friend of mine's place, and he's always been very gracious to, yeah. to let me hunt. Yeah. In fact, you and I—the last time you and I were together on this property was like maybe a year or two a years year. after you shot your first yeah, turkey. It's been so, a I mean, long time, long time. Um, and uh, as you can see, he takes immaculate care of the yeah. place. I mean, it's it's really nice. Which I mean had a lot to do with why we it, killed a turkey. It sure did. Yep. But um. The reason, I mean, I'm telling you, it's just, you know, couldn't have worked out more perfectly because one of the questions and, and not questions, but things I wanted to go over today mm-hmm. with you. And I, I want, and again, I, I wanted to go over with you because you seem to be, I consider you to be really good at it. And this hunt, we can pick apart because a lot of this took place. And that is, I wanted to go over, how do I word this question? What you think are the most important factors in killing a turkey and i do not want to talk about calling yeah and the reason i say that is and we've talked about this before like and i think tv's a lot to blame for that and youtube and all that when you see these hunts put up um you know they they in the way they're edited sometimes and it, this is everybody they they get put together so fast that the viewer whether they be a new turkey hunter or whatever it makes it look like all the hunts are just yelp 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 turkey runs in goblin and boom yeah and it, you know it just puts so much emphasis on the calling and don't get me wrong you and i both know calling is important you and i both like to call oh, but yeah. today's hunt is a picture perfect example where calling you needed more than that you know exactly yeah so kind of take i mean you're a better storyteller than me kind of take over from the beginning when we we're approaching where we first saw those turkeys yeah the the history you know when you talk about things that matter in the turkey woods outside of turkey calls i mean that's pretty broad um but obviously history uh on a property helps um and i'm i'm huge on habitat i mean that's kind of my background and so uh my friend and i have worked uh, together quite a bit on his property and so I, i'm i'm real familiar with the property yeah and um you know uh all that's went into it uh he just we communicate a lot so um even down to trading trail camera pictures so yeah. um but you know having a history and and kind of knowing um you know historical roost sites right uh in the property um you know the first place you and I went to. Yeah. You know I was telling telling a story that happened yeah. five six years ago. Yeah, and you said that you, I remember you saying that you said this is you said this is historically. I mean that's the words you use is this is historically a spot that they like to travel. Yeah, and I knew if we could get into that spot without bumping them, right? Um, we'd have a good chance, and that added to my optimism when we got here. I didn't explain all that, but you know the wind was blowing. Yeah. Turkey hunters typically don't like that. The, uh, the, you know, it was actually misting rain on right. us. And it had been hunters. raining a couple of days now. And so yeah. that was all the woods, the, the leaves were damp Soaked. and wet. Yeah. Yeah. But what all that did was it, it, it really kind of, 
told me we were going to get to cover a lot of ground. Yeah. And again, that's based on the way this place lays out. But right. so, you know, I knew if we could, if we could sneak in and, and get into some of these places without bumping birds and, um, just take our time yeah. that, that we may stumble up into one. Right. And we, uh, we actually stumbled up yeah, into legit, some. <laughs> legitimately stumbled up into one. Yeah. 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 I had, I was too lazy to carry my binoculars. Like, yes, you had yours. And <laughs> if I was we, like, I'm glad okay. we did. Yeah. No if, doubt. if we wouldn't have had that, that's a one tip and I'm not going to take credit for it because I know if Jordan Blissett listens to this podcast mm-hmm. and hears, he hears me saying, bring your binoculars. He's going to say, boy, you, cause Jordan, I take them now because Jordan got on my case so much. You need to bring binoculars. And I was like, yep. you know what? But, and he's right. Yep. But that is a tip. Look, it, it turned. I used to not bring them because I, you know, I, I mm, I'm trying to think why. I just it's just another thing to carry. You know, I just thought I was like, man, I, you know, sometimes you got to slip around and stuff. But I will not go without them now. I've just seen too yeah. many situations like today yeah. where they come in huge handy. Like if we not had them today, we'd have bumped those turkeys. Yeah. There's no doubt. Well, I, had you not had yours, I would have had mine. But I was lazy, so I was letting you tote them. <laughs> But the look on your face, that's that's one of my favorite parts of turkey hunting with somebody. It's just so much fun when you say, hey, ease up there and check that field. And then you either see that person either immediately drop to their knees, you know, to yeah. to get out of the line of sight of a bird or the look on your face. You, you come out from those binoculars and looked at me and your eyes were as big as half dollars. And I was like, we're in the money. Yeah. We 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 got birds to chase. Yeah. And, uh. There, I couldn't tell. Well, luckily, because I had eased, you know, it was a there was crimson clover out in that field. That's correct. Yep. And it was, it wasn't like super tall, obviously, because the turkeys were still in it. But it was tall enough. The turkeys were at the far corner of the field, and their heads were down. They were feeding, you know, just mm-hmm. milling around. And uh, that's why I didn't see them the first time I eased out there. I saw that corner, but through that clover that was kind of tall, and them heads been down, I didn't see them. And I'd stepped out to where, had they put their heads up, they would have seen mm-hmm. me. But as luck would have it, you know, I step out and I just happen to catch something. I'm like, what is yep. it? And I went, oh, goodness. And I just I kind of eased back, and that's when I looked yep. at you. And um, The cool thing about where those birds were, I don't know if you noticed it. We didn't really talk about it. We were so excited. Yeah. Uh, but, but where they were sitting, the far end of the food plot, it was a, a, a huge water oak. Yeah, and it leaned out over the food plot, but right. but on the ground, I don't know if you if you noticed that, but it was dirt. Yeah, the tree had canopied out to such a degree that nothing was growing there. So those birds were out of the hardwoods, which were absolutely soaked. Yeah, real real wet, and they weren't in that waist deep or not waist deep, waist deep on them, I guess. But you know, yeah. a little over ankle deep clover, uh, but they would tip into it. Yeah. So they were in this bare dirt area, basically. And that's where they were content to be yeah. until they got ready to fly up. Yeah, because we actually tried. So, so what happened? You know, we we first I tell Keith there's turkeys, and he's like, "What do you say?" I'm like, "There's one gobbler." You know, at first I was like, "There's four turkeys." Then I mm-hmm. eased out back there again, not where they could see me. You know, I kind of eased where I could see, and I was still behind some stuff. And I said, "I know there's one gobbler out there." Mm-hmm. And so I kind of eased up forward you drop back and we tried yelping him from there mm-hmm. and you, we talked about that you said that might have been you know obviously if it was a mistake it wasn't too bad of a one right. but that if there was a mistake that might have been it but you know i don't know if it was or not it, it could have yeah. worked um but we tried yelping at him from there and i could still see him um he 
we would call and he would he kind of walked out into the middle of the plot started strutting did his thing but he never never once did i think he's going to come yeah. it, it became very very obvious he's happy right where he's at yeah and so me and you were talking back and forth what do you think do that and finally you said just drop back from there and get around over here you had circled around and gotten into the hardwoods that they were on and we're still 150 yards from the turkeys yeah, yeah maybe a touch more yeah and that's when it started we started putting a plan together because yeah. we were like we we're like we've got to do something because they're not going to leave right there that's right yeah he 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 you know his response to our call was to step out in the middle of that food plot where the hen he was hearing mm-hmm. you know he basically displayed and were like hey i'm down here if you want to yeah. come down here here yeah. i am but it was pretty obvious he wasn't going to yeah. leave from where he was so we you know again knowing the terrain kind of uh, having some history there I, I knew we could cut that distance at least in half right but you know to be honest i didn't know beyond that but right. we were gonna you know again we had a little wind and we had a lot of water yeah. and so we had really good conditions to for moving yeah. for moving and so uh that's what we did and and so we made the decision right there like let's get there was a little road that you could you could see we were looking at the onyx map Mm -hmm. and you could see like let's get to that road and then kind of assess the situation from there well we get there and you asked me you're like do you want to set up here and see if we can draw them in from here we're still 100 yards from him yeah yeah and and both of us you know i mean we both kind of agreed i don't think he's going to leave that spot you know i think i think we'd have to get closer to him and we both looked and the edge of that field was so thick that we both decided we were like we can push in farther and i would normally would not do that yeah on a on a day where the woods were dry on crunchy crunchy leaves you would not do that Mm -mm. but we had that i mean thick thick edge on that field wet leaves so you could you could walk really really quiet and a little bit of wind and Mm -hmm. we both looked at each other that's why i told you it was cool i was like it was it was like we was thinking the thoughts at the same time i said we can press him you said yeah let's go yeah and so we got to um i mean we got to where we couldn't go any further comfortably because the edge you remember i looked at you and i said i don't want to walk any further it opens up more right there. that's right yeah and we were like we pointed at the same tree at the same time we both thinking the same thing and we had, I mean, how we probably sixty yards aware of the tree we saw him standing under. Yeah, I think that's accurate. And um, yeah, we sat down, and I actually sat behind the tree, um, and I, you sat kind of behind me because we were thinking, or what I was thinking, is if they decide to come into the woods and walk towards us, you could shoot him, and if they came down the field, I could shoot him. Right. Well, we started calling real soft. And we both kind of stopped for a little bit, and then you said, he's coming. Yeah, it, I had, being behind you, I don't know, you know, maybe 100 feet. I don't know if I was that far, you know, between 50 and 100 feet behind yeah. you. Yeah. I had just ever so slightly uh, a, a better vantage point down the, the edge of the field. And and really it wasn't that I could see the field real clearly. I was looking through some, some brush. Right. And – for whatever reason, I was just staring in that brush, and I saw a flicker, and I got excited. You know, I was thinking, man, I think that's a turkey, but right. then I said, no, nah, it's probably a leaf. Yeah. So I just stared at that spot, and all of a sudden, I saw flickers through there again, and yeah. that's when I, I kind of whispered up to you. I said, he's in the field coming down the edge. Right, yeah, 
and it was it was strange what they did it wasn't strange it was at first it took me off guard but then yeah realizing what they did so the you know the side we were on was hardwoods but the other side butted up to young pines yeah and then there are um that's about a five or six year old pine plantation yeah so if you know anything about pine plantation or maybe you don't uh at five or six years old that's deer bedding cover and right. cottontail rabbit habitat yeah, it's thick it's not turkey habitat. i mean obviously they can walk through it but yeah. that i mean that's not like you go man turkeys are going to use that's that right. you know but and where do they go that into the pines they beeline straight for yeah. those pines and it just shows you especially because these were we know now older turkeys yeah. and we thought it was one gobbler it was mm-hmm. three yeah um but they what they were doing i think and what you said is they were edging, getting into those pines and just easing up to where they could see. They didn't want to walk straight up that edge because they're, you know, they they knew they were subject to get ambushed right there. So yeah. they, it's like they got even with the calling was, and yeah. then they once they got even with it, I don't know if they saw the hen decoy we had set up in there. I don't, I don't think they did. Okay, because I never really paid much attention. I know you put it out, but I know you put it out if a bird happened to step into the woods, That's it would happen right. to say. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, okay, I didn't, mm-hmm. but. So then they broke and walked into the field, and uh, two of the third. Where'd the third one go? I kind of lost track of him. I'm taking your word for the third one. I didn't ever see. Okay, <laughs> well, I saw three. Okay, maybe there wasn't three. There was two yeah. for sure. I mean, it very easily could have been three. I just right. all I saw were those two. Right. So the t- uh, the two they come out into the field. And there's one doing all the strutting mm-hmm. in the field. They both you know, both of them strutted once back in those pines. But once they walked in the field, one was strutting, the other one was not. And both of them were longbeards. And me, I'm the kind of person I know you are too. That to me, there's jakes and there's longbeards. And mm-hmm. some people, you know, I'm I'm not saying holding it against anybody that are like shoot the strutter. If I had got a better shot at the strutter, I'd have shot him. But once I saw both of them were longbeards, yeah, I was like, whichever one comes in That's first, right. first come, first serve. That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he just come right down the edge, and um, you cut or something. You cut. I just he, I clucked a couple of times yeah. to try to, and then I I just sort of did a. Yeah. Just a sharp yelp, yeah, and just he, to get a response out of. And he piked his head up, and he was in a perfect lane, and I, I swung over and boom, rolled him. Yeah, I, you, you startled me or it surprised me when you swung because I, I actually I was thinking the the strutter right. was in your shooting lane. Yeah, and um, and and because he was steadily moving. Anyway, I, I was thinking he was moving through your lane, and you needed him to raise his head, so I. Um, I did something, whatever it was. I did something to try to make him raise his head. Well, it worked. He didn't. The, yeah, other, well, one did. the other one did. It worked. <laughs> so Lake yeah. said, that'll work. Yeah. I said, I'm not going to get greedy. <laughs> Boom. And, and I and, like that. Yeah. And that, that, that was the, the coolest thing. I mean, we've obviously, we shared some good hunts together, both Collins and Caleb's. Yep. But that was the first turkey just me and you have killed together since that first one I shot mm-hmm. however many years ago. Mm-hmm. One of these days, I'm going to call one up for you. That'll be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got it recorded now, so. Yeah. But um, so yeah, that was that was incredibly fun. But um, so let's go. Like I said, I mean, the calling obviously played a part, but the biggest, I think, and I think you would agree, the biggest element that made that hunt successful was movement. Yeah. Or. or positioning yeah on and, our part and to kind of take it back a second you had mentioned what i was telling you you know if, if we made a mistake 
I thought it was calling right. when we were on the far end of that field. And, yeah. and the reason I said that is, is really because of it is the subject you bring up. Yeah. Outside of calling, you know, what's the most important aspects of turkey hunting? Well, I felt like we kind of rushed into that to just get a response. We had all the elements yeah. in our favor to right. get closer, but instead. You know, we kind of, I felt like I personally jumped the gun uh, out of excitement. And and it was like I was telling you, we put them on notice there was a third party in the field. Yeah. Now, I'm bad about overanalyzing turkey hunts and giving them too much credit. I, I think everyone is. But, um, you know, at the same time, they still know, at the very least, there's a bird or two on the other end of the field. So right. they're looking. Yeah. Whereas, we could have went ahead and closed that distance mm-hmm. and and you know them not have any clue yeah but you know it it worked so yeah and and like you said we talked about this on the way out i said sometimes i think i'm too aggressive sometimes i think i need to be more aggressive yeah. um but and i think every turkey hunter does that and mm-hmm. i think a lot of it just comes with experience in the woods but like i'm just i'm thinking about the guy that doesn't go that much that gets put in that situation sees a turkey in a field mm-hmm. And you're like, what's the best thing to do? You know, because if, if they're just watching, like I said, if they've just watched a lot of TV and haven't, you know, so I'm, I'm saying we like to do as much educational stuff as we can on our show. Sure. But it comes back to when you have a 22-minute TV episode, you can't always fit all that in. Mm-hmm. So you can't, you know, it's not like you just see a turkey plop down on a tree, yelp, and he comes. It's very rarely it works like that. Yeah. Just where we decided to set up is what killed that turkey. Yeah. And that's and that's what I'm talking about when I say things yeah. besides calling. Well, it was proximity. Yeah. You know, it was we got in his wheelhouse, mm-hmm. and so you know, so what's the difference in the yelps and clucks and purrs we did from 150, 175 yards away, and the ones we did at 60? Nothing. We yeah. were running the same calls, maybe not quite as loud. Yeah. But what was different was proximity. Yeah. And we were we were in his wheelhouse, and that's where he was ready to come check it out. Yeah. And, um, so it, that, you know, and then there's the whole thing too, if you want to, you know, break it down even further yeah. of the hen closing the distance. Yeah, oh yeah. So, you know, should we have called when we did, you know, like we said, the turkey's hanging up outside right now, but, right. you know, by calling and then closing the distance and then yelping that close, you know, man, that, I'm sure think. that fired him up. Yeah. Make it, oh, she came, you yeah. know, she's close. Yeah. She's come a hundred yeah. yards closer. Oh yeah. But so yeah, that is a different way to look at it. But um, yeah, it's just I think a lot of folks, you know, because I all I, like I always think about the guy because I've been that guy before. Heck, I'm still that guy sometimes that gets put in a situation in the turkey wood, and you go, "What do I do?" Mm-hmm. You know, and so you're watching a turkey hung up in a field, and you know you don't have a strutter decoy. We didn't have one today. Um, what do you do? And you don't always have, but so it, it's just knowing when to move and how to move and and yeah but and that's what you're as far as woodsmanship goes i always consider you to be really good at that because i've learned a lot of stuff from you but because like i would have never i mean we looked at that edge and said we can press that right there because it was so Mm -hmm. thick but that's something that i feel like gets overlooked is just knowing how to move on them like that well and you take a just different weather conditions um turkey's in the same place we're in the same place you know but the woods are dry the wind is still it's calm and so you still know you need to close that distance so 
outside of, like you said, outside of turkey calls, um, when you're closing that distance, uh, you just you need to be a turkey. You know, you're going to be crunching. You're going to be – they're going to hear something once you right. get close enough. And yeah. so then it's a matter of scratching, mm-hmm. walking with the – you know, almost with um, like the cad- – not cadence, but just rhythm of how turkeys walk and yeah. scratch, you know. Yeah. And so um, I've done that before, and, yeah. and you could probably have done that there because that that hedge between the road we walked and the food plot they were in was so thick. Right you could have got away with that yeah. um to a point yeah you know then you then you they're going to hear you coming and he's probably going to close the distance just off knowing the turkey's there walking right. yeah and that's i know you've done that before because i learned that from you i caught i killed a turkey it's been a few years ago now but i remember calling you and tell you i was like i got up because i knew i had to move and i was when i was walking i would take a step then i'd take my feet and i'd brush the leaves like a turkey scratching mm-hmm. and i was purring and clucking with my mouth call the whole mm-hmm. time and then he ended up gobbling and he'd already cut the distance i just had to plop down on a tree because he'd come so fast but that's yeah. that's a, that's a tip that doesn't get talked about often so i'm glad you brought that up yeah as in things that you could you know say we're in that same situation and it's a dry day that's a good yeah. point years ago on this same property um I, I you know i was sitting on the other end of the place between a pine stand and hardwoods kind of where they mm-hmm. where they meet and um didn't hear a turkey gobble on the roost and was going to deadhead to the north end and i was walking up that fire lane at a pretty b- brisk pace and man one gobble and spun my hot hat around and i waited a little while and i yelped to him to kind of figure out make sure i knew exactly where he was and uh he hammered again and I sat down, and he comes straight to me. He was already coming to me. He heard me walking right, in that yeah, fire lane. Yeah. Now that that hunt didn't end as glorious as yours did. <laughs> that was pretty. That was a sad day. What, well, I was about but, to say I did the same thing with Jordan in the first week of the season, I believe, or the second week of the season. We'd gotten in closer on turkeys than we had realized because they didn't. They'd only gobbled once far away, and when we were setting up, I was. We were the leaves were dry. They obviously heard us moving around the leaves and before we had even yelped yeah i heard a turkey putt yeah and they just walked yep. in on us yep. and i was like uh you know yeah but you know like i said that that can be a double-edged sword but in that situation you're right that could have worked i don't think we could have gotten as close as we did doing that but you could have gotten significantly closer yeah well and and um another thing and and i i learned this watching um truth about hunting videos from <laughs> way back um but uh but wilbur you know always talked about having a wing in his vest and and using that wing to scratch and just make natural turkey noises and man i i keep a a turkey wing in my vest Mm -hmm. and um yeah i mean i don't go to the woods without it yeah i can't tell you the real wing the primo do you really the black black handle on it yeah Yeah. i've still got one of those but yeah but but yeah a wing is invaluable i mean i i would almost rather go to the woods if if you were going to tell me you know, I'm going to put you within 50 to 75 yards of a roosted gobbler tomorrow morning in the dark, and he's going to be right in front of you. You know, do you want a mouth call? Do you want a slate call? Do you want a wing or, or you know, anything? I want a wing. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, really and truly, I would rather have that wing than I would a call in that in that really? circumstance i sure would just for making the scratch and leave man and fly rub, down and... we i did it with my son the other day uh, on a, a public land turkey we sat down in the dark to one we'd roosted the night before 
I took that wing out and just brushed it against the bark of that tree, and he went nuts. Really? I mean, every time. It's just that natural sound of a hen on a limb, yeah. just waking up, getting ready, stretching her wings. She's going to bump, bark. She's going to make noise. Yeah. And so I just reach behind my head and I just drag those wings across that bark, and he would hammer. Really? Now, he didn't and, come to us. Well, but, but I'm gonna that when I say I'm gonna count that as stuff besides calling because stuff like that is is among the stuff that gets overlooked yeah. all the time. Yeah. Scratching and leaves and doing like that. What you're talking about? That's yeah. That's that is a literally killer tactics that people just don't know about or forget about or, or underestimate. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, let's see where to go to after this. Uh, so when you're I'm trying to think about more on 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 setting up on turkeys and stuff. So if you're talking to, because you also like you you probably I don't know you through the ministry you work with 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 fathers in the field and stuff. You take a lot of new hunters and stuff into mm-hmm. the woods, and so you. I, like, how do you go about, like, if you're talking to a new turkey hunter and they're asking you about, you know, setting up on turkeys, moving on turkeys, like, what's some general advice that you give them, you know? Because I, 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 I remember you helped me. I remember the first time, we, the day we shot my first turkey, you were like, hey, because I was, I was lead footing really bad. I was walking really, really loud. You, you were like, hey, lay your heel down real softly. Just roll it over your toe and make you walk a lot quieter. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's my uncle. Uh, I, I I passed that truth on to you or that tip on to you because my uncle passed it on to me because yeah. he was uh, and, he, and still is an incredible woodsman. Um, but, you know, the um, patience, uh, really, you know, with any young hunter and old hunter, it doesn't matter uh, what stage uh, in the turkey woods, patience has it's been said many times that's kill more birds than than yeah. any call than anything is just to be patient uh be still and be patient uh that's 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 probably the best tip that i could give yeah. and that i do give um i i <laughs> i say be still quite a lot and uh <laughs> and have since started toting a little primo stakeout blind with yeah. me and my turkey vest you yeah. may have noticed it today well yeah because you got them two youngins to work to oh, carry yeah, with man. you now yeah they're, they're they're learning but yeah it's uh it's you know there's there's nothing better than to to plop that thing out and try to cover yeah. up a little bit of movement but you know you want to talk about you know everything from woodsmanships and calls and all that in the turkey woods um you're you know your first turkey the hunt for your the turkey you killed yeah um many moons ago yeah <laughs> um was the weather was really kind of like today it was yeah. cool it was really windy a front was coming through it was we cloudy knew, very cloudy very overcast we knew birds were there um you knew birds were there i didn't know anything yeah, yeah. i was just toting a gun and a smile that's right <laughs> we uh we got in the got on the property and we actually set up in a ground blind um and, and i you know we finally had to break out of there i think i told you i can't stay in here no more we gotta yeah. go somewhere yeah. else so uh we went and plopped down and you know number one we found a really good place to sit mm-hmm. that provided really good cover right which is tough to do because it, it was in i was like 12 so we were hunting the youth season yeah. of mississippi yeah so that's early march and no the foliage. woods are crazy open yep. so finding cover like we found is rare yeah but um 
you know, we we played some. I played some calls. I played them really loud. Was broadcasting them through that high mm-hmm. wind, and a hen answered. And and I told you, you know, yeah. there's probably a gobbler with that yeah. hen. And you know, time passed. Uh, we quit calling quite as much, and we got quiet and got looking, and ended up your bird started spitting and drumming. Yeah, we picked that up, and um, he showed up kind of out of the right corner of our eye. I remember it like it was yesterday. I, I can too. And uh, strutted right across a ridge, about sixty yards in front of us, probably. Uh-huh. You know, and then come on in. But um, that bird, you know, had we not been patient, had we not been still, um, we 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 actually would have spooked him walking out because he'd come from yeah. the way we walked in. Right. Um, and um, you know, it just you can't say that enough. No. Uh, when you're talking about turkeys and turkey hunting it just like like you say i'm thinking about and i stuff that and just emphasizing the stuff we've talked about already like killing that bird that day and the bird we killed today just so much of that played on knowing the property that you were hunting Mm -hmm. like and and i can i can see like opposite side of that okay a couple weekends ago i went hunting with a buddy of mine and uh it's kind of one of those things like i said every chance i get because we stay so busy in the spring that i get to go with someone like you or one of my friends i don't get to do that that often just because we run around so much and he called me he's like hey man let's go and this is one of my buddies that I used to run around and hunt with in high school all the time and i was like heck yeah man let's go and it was definitely a new property to me i'd never been out there i think this was like the second or third time he'd ever been out there so new to both of us and we ended up striking some turkeys on the way out you know we were walking we're like we'll check somewhere else we're walking out of our original spot and we sit down i send him up there i drop back calling i'm probably 35 yards behind him and he go and i go to yelping and it just you know um i was trying to gauge how hot these turkeys were and i didn't even have they were they were hot i didn't even i didn't cut at them i I was just yelping and clucking and i would i mean i'd yelp kind of loud but before that i mean they were just and i said okay so they got really fired up and i just quit calling and i looked at my phone i believe it was like 9 17 i said three minutes so i looked at my phone again you know i waited it was 9 20 i said okay and i yelped really really soft and they gobbled so hard i could hear the rattle in their chest and i was behind him 30 35 yards there was a bunch of thick stuff between i could just see the top of his head but mm-hmm. when they gobbled that loud i said he's on top of them i was just i said i'm done i'm waiting to hear a shotgun blast yeah and I just waited and waited and waited. Never came. Turkeys ended up, next time I heard them gobble, they were like 100 yards away again. But what I say is that new property that was new to us, turns out through those hardwoods, there was a small drainage ditch. Wasn't three feet wide. Mm-hmm. I mean, small. And the turkeys had gotten within gun range, but they'd gotten on the edge of that ditch and were just walking up it, and they only would come yeah. that far. Yeah. Had we known that ditch was there, we where those turkeys were we easily could have hopped over it but we had no clue because we you know new property yeah but that's what i'm talking it, it knowing your place like we were today and no, not knowing our place like we did that couple weeks ago that's the difference between walking out with a turkey over your shoulder and not yeah because those turkeys were super killable that day they yep. just you know how many stories you hear about a turkey hanging up on a creek you know oh, it's yeah. just yep that's just part of it but yep. yeah that's you know I, I talk about that because I see it get overlooked so much, and you know we're all about trying to help people become more successful. Well, that we had, you know, my son and I had one hang up on a creek last weekend, and on an afternoon hunt, walked in there and wasn't there ten minutes. Yelp, turkey hammered, and instead of moving, 
you know, instead of take, being a little more aggressive yeah. and, and cutting the distance, I wanted to take that time to brush us in and make sure we weren't going to be seen. And um, and I knew the little the little drain was there, and uh, he sure enough he'd come up there and hit it about forty five yards, mm-hmm. and that's just a little more than I wanted to try with that old single barrel twenty gauge. <laughs> <laughs> but uh and we really didn't have a good clear shot but that right. was on public land yeah and and that was a place that you know when you look on an aerial photograph uh and again man that that onyx hunt out is oh it's huge money that's I mean, that, that's a super valuable tool i tell yeah. people all the time because they'll see me on it and they're like that's not a i'm like if you don't have it you need it yeah because oh, yeah. especially for learning property and stuff i mean yeah. you can't you can't go as much as like that drainage ditch that i was talking yeah. about that's not on there but yeah. i mean big creeks and stuff like that and just uh timber timber changes mm-hmm. hardwood pine edges that kind of stuff you can pick up that kind of stuff like yep. that and that is a huge advantage well that and the ownership data as well when you're hunting public land <laughs> yeah. you know because because you know just so happens the area i'm hunting there is a piece of private land that nestles right in there on it yeah and uh but but anyway, you know, you can look at that area we're hunting uh, or that we hunted uh, last weekend on public. and I can look um, at it? Well, not you, but I mean in general, you know. <laughs> uh, in, in general terms, you can you can zoom out and look. And, and I did this. I was looking at it sitting in the truck and um, thinking, you know, what makes this so good? Why am I finding a turkey here? And, man, it just looks, you know, it, it just screams turkey. Right. You know, it's it's – hundreds of acres of pine and then you're looking at a hardwood draw that almost looks like a turkey foot there's three or four different um you know hollas that come together and intersect in this one bottom and man i, I have found them there mm-hmm. over the years yeah. numerous times right so i'm going to change subjects and this is what i want to end on i'm going to change the subject drastically um I mean, well, not drastic. I mean, we're still talking about turkey hunting or hunting in general, but just from all those tactics and stuff, I, I wanted to cover that. But um, you and and how you carry yourself, and, I, and I've, I've told people this before, and I'm not trying to just, you know, well, I tell people all, when, when someone thinks of like a, a hunter's trophy room, you know, like they think about like, man, where he keeps trophy. You think, what do you, you know, if they picture it, if I ask somebody, the, you know, the ultimate trophy room, whatever, what's it going to have in it? Man, there'll be some elk, some whitetails, and some turkeys, and some ducks. And I've told this before. I don't know if you know I've said this. I said if, if Keith Polk had a trophy room, it would be filled with pictures of people that he's introduced to hunting. Absolutely. And I think that. Yeah. And so, and we talk about portraying hunting in the best light possible on this podcast a lot. And so I wanted to ask, one, your motive of 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 why you started doing that because you started you were doing that long before you met me mm-hmm. i mean and, and i'm like i said I, I that first turkey i ever killed and you know as well as i do anyone that knows me know this i'd i'd rather hunt a turkey than hunt just about anything it's yeah. about my favorite thing in the world but yeah so what where did your motive come for doing that and 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 how do you feel about encouraging others to do that that sort of thing my motive was um, uh, really, uh, it, this is going to sound really strange, <laughs> <laughs> but my motive, and I don't know why I thought this at a young age, but it was pretty selfish. Um, it, I saw, I, I had a, uh, I still have an uncle 
that introduced me to hunting. Now, my dad took me hunting, and uh, man is a squirrel hunting master. <laughs> but uh, my dad wasn't ever really much on deer hunting and certainly wasn't on turkey hunting, but my uncle took me, and uh, and he was. Man, he did some pretty radical things back in the late 80s. Yeah. And um, just the way he approached uh you know looking at sign and all this that and the other well he he introduced me to hunting and i would go back and tell all my buddies about hunting and man they they thought you know uncle danny was the man and he was the man and still is but you know i thought you know what i you know i I think you know the the place i want to be at is where uncle danny's at I want people to think I'm the man in the woods, you know. I (laughs) tell you, this is a little different slant. Yeah. But I did this from a young age. I mean, I I wasn't even out of high school. But I thought, you know, if if I can help other people, you know, on their quest after a deer or turkey, um, not only am I going to have super cool stories to tell, (laughs) but folks are going to think I'm the man. Oh, yeah. So totally selfish, totally egotistical reasons. Yeah. Um, if I'm being just brutally honest, yeah. that that's it. But then, you know, as I, as I began maturing a little bit, um, you know, I still taking people hunting. Um, I just, you know, I just knew that, uh, or I, I come to know that there was a greater purpose in doing that. Right. And, and it wasn't about, you know, I wanted people to know me for something more than deer and turkey hunting. Yeah. And that had to do with my my personal walk with Christ, uh-huh. and and so, but I knew that I could still use my passion for the woods to bring people along, still introduce them to the sport. Right. We you know still chase critters, still shoot critters, and do all that. But I didn't so much care anymore about you know whether people thought I was the man. You know when it yeah. came to deer hunting or turkey hunting yeah. or whatever. Um, I was I was more interested in in investing in that relationship and so you know that that ended up showing up um i mean you you weren't the first young man i took hunting but no but you know you and i met through a church event we did and uh was pretty cool uh hung out with a bunch of you knuckleheads that night but (laughs) me and you hit it off because you said mr keith you turkey hunter i was like oh yeah boy and so we got to talking about turkey hunting and your mom i know it was your mom's i know you didn't do this on your own but you yeah. wrote me a thank you note yeah and i wrote it it was prompted oh, but yeah. i wrote it oh i knew it was prompted and i knew you wrote it because i could barely read it but uh but um but i still have that that uh that note in my photo album oh wow oh yeah and uh and anyway, I said, you know, that's that's pretty cool. You know, a young man as respectful as you were, um, you know, with the interest that you had, I was like, man, I got to take that boy turkey hunting, and I probably won't ever in a million years get him a turkey, but we're going. <laughs> and you know, the I, I believe the Lord had a big plan in that. And I think our so. first trip out, you know, bam, you got your first long beard. But right. you know, do I believe it's important to show the next generation? Um, man that's that's to me that's a silly question i mean it's you know not i don't mean that as a no as i know it's swipe mean. against you i, I know just mean, you mean that is so i it's it's um man it's everything to me and you know and and this is another thing for parents that may be listening to this yeah um 
and I don't know how they may take me saying this, but, you know, I can't, me personally, I don't take everybody. You right. know what I mean? I'd like to take a lot more people than I do, but yeah. time's limited. Right. But the young men I typically take, um, they're very respectful young men. You know what I mean? They're a pleasure to be around right, like yourself. Right, right. And, um, you know, I guess youth and kids out there who, who lack that respect and lack that, that, uh, that level of discipline, um, you know, they, that, you know, that kid may not, I guess may not get, get the invite before a kid who is yeah. respectful. So, you know, for what it's worth, you know, that's, that's me in a nutshell, I guess. That's, that's kind of yeah. what I, I look to now. But, um, but anyway, I, yeah. I sure do love it. And I sure do love looking back at those pictures. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think about that and then I think about your kids now, like, and, and how much you taught them. I mean, you had them, I remember seeing a picture you sent me when they were smaller than they are now had the, both of them grinning from ear to ear. They done caught a possum in one of their traps. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you had them introduced yeah. to that kind of stuff from a very, very young age and you didn't like just force it on them, but you right. just had them, you had them letting them have fun with it and all that kind of stuff. And I, like I said, I've always just respected you for that. And, and thank you. And we always, you know, I just can't impress it enough. Just the, the importance of it. Cause when, you know, when you think about someone, when when I we say all the time portraying hunting in the best way possible, that's a good way to look at it. You know, go Absolutely. look at those two hunts with those two boys. Those, I mean, that's that's what hunting is to me. Man, you know, it, yeah. And what what this afternoon was that's that was hunting. Oh yeah, it was, and it was a fun way of doing it. It absolutely was. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be another picture to go on the wall <laughs> for that's sure. For, sure. for yeah. sure. Well, I know. Yeah, we're gonna slide out of here. We're gonna both of us gonna drive home with grins on our face thinking about Man. that. But uh anyhow, again, Keith, thank you. Not only thank you for being on the podcast, thank you for once again going out hunting with me again today and watching me shoot another one. Uh, that was that was incredibly fun. Man, I love it. I'm I'm glad you you uh you reached out to me and, and man, I'm honored to be on this podcast. I don't take <laughs> this lightly. I mean, for somebody like me, you know, look, you said it earlier. I was asking you, you know, if we should stop and call it a hundred yards. So, man, you've matured into a, mm-hmm. uh, your own right and and doing really well. I'm proud of you. And uh, again, thank you for inviting me. I'm super humble by this and no. uh, appreciate well, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm telling you, this is how I'm going to end it. One of these days, I mean, it could be this season. I don't know, but one of these days, Lord willing, I'm going to watch you shoot one. That's my goal. That's my goal. Book it. <laughs> all right as always guys if you have any more questions or anything that you want us to cover always send them in email them instagram facebook whatever you need to do we love talking about them on here and as always thank you for listening to the speak the language podcast